Jesus. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Praise the name above every name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm glad tonight I serve a great God. He's not dead. He's not anemic. He's not still in some tomb somewhere, drying out and rotting out. But He's alive forevermore. He's a great God. Amen. I said He's a great God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen. Please remember our announcements. Amen. We're so thankful for all that God has been doing around here. Amen. We had a wonderful men's conference here this weekend. All of our men that were here, they know what a life-changing weekend it was. Amen. I'm thankful for our men at Greater Life Church. Amen. I'm thankful for Store Conference that's going to be coming up. Amen. It's going to be investing in young ministers and ministers Amen. Believing that God will speak to them. That's the last weekend of October. And that's why we're having Sunday morning service only that Sunday. We're going to have a full weekend. And then that night, we're going to have a wonderful night for our families to come together. Invite somebody. Bring them with you. Amen. And let's show them what Greater Life Church is about. Amen. A loving family that wants them to be a part of something far greater than anything they've ever known before. Amen. Be in prayer for that weekend. It's going to be a great time together. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Amen. I'm so thankful for all that God has done. What a wonderful, wonderful morning we had today. I'm going to tell you the enemy. And by the enemy, I mean... The guy that you imagine with little horns on his head. By the enemy, I mean the roaring lion. By the enemy, I mean this stuff that's wrapped around your body called flesh. By enemy, I mean every adversary that wants to see you slip and fall and fail would love nothing more than for you to be content with a service like today. And a move of God like we experienced. And think that that is all that God has to offer this church. For you to be content and just check it off. That that's a great, great move of God. And we're happy and we're thankful. But I pray tonight that there is something stirring in your heart. That says, I've tasted something today. I felt something in this place this morning that I believe is only the surface of what God is about to do in my life, in my family, in my church, in my city, and in my world. For He said in the last days He was going to pour His Spirit out upon all flesh. And if it's going to happen, and it is then I want to be right in the middle of it. Then I want what today be only a precursor of what God is about to do in us. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, 
What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying. And he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He was a good man, and he had great possessions. But there was still something he was lacking. We can be good godly people. And come into the house of God and experience some great and some awesome things. But I've come tonight to tell you there are still some things that we are lacking. And tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost I want to preach to you on this subject. Trading what I love for what I lack. Trading what I love for what I lack. Father, right now, I need your help. God, I know tonight I'm going to be preaching contrary to this flesh. God, I'm going to be preaching contrary to what the adversary would like me to say. But God, I pray for boldness to settle here tonight. God, let anointing settle on me, O God. That I may preach the word, O God, to these people. God, that we would not be content. God, with where we have found ourselves today. God, when there is something perhaps we are lacking that could be the greatest thing we've ever experienced. The greatest breakthrough the greatest revival we've ever seen could lie just beyond our possessions just beyond what we've grown content with if somebody tonight would make up their mind they're going to push through oh God everything that would keep them from the greatest blessing and the greatest revival they've ever seen and we pray all of this in Jesus name And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight and you can be seated. Tonight I want to be very honest and transparent with you. What I feel led by the Spirit to say, I felt so strongly this week and again here in our service today. And that is a reminder that God has more for us than what we even realize. That we can have good church and we can have great preaching and great moves of God and great worship. And there still be something more that God wants to do in our life. 
We can have Bible studies and we can have prayer meetings and we can do all of the things and check all the boxes. And yet still there could be something that we are lacking that would take a good man with great possessions and give him the greatest he's ever seen before. This reminder that while we have good service and a great move of God, there's a gap. There's a chasm, a contentment that has come in amongst the people of God and made us complacent in our walk with God because we have great things, because we have great blessings and great favor and great moves of God. Have we equated not doing bad as being good enough to please God? Not doing bad does not mean that I am doing anything good. But as we see in our ta- text tonight, that is where some of us find ourselves. It is a spirit that would love nothing more than to convince you that you have obtained all that there is to obtain. That the possessions that you have right now, that where you find yourself is as good as it's going to get. And you're thankful for that because you know who you used to be. You know what life you used to live. You know the person that you used to be. And now that God's favor has been on your life. And now that God has blessed you. And now that God has done some mighty things in your life. And it's been great. You hold on to that and you treasure it as you should. But the moment that God comes and he says, I just want to tell you. If you would surrender that to me, I would take what you feel right now and multiply it. If you would give what you have right now to me, then I'm going to take you places you never dreamed of before. But we're hesitant and we cling on to what we have. We're safe here. But hear me tonight. You can consider yourself good all you want. And you can have great possessions and feel like you've accomplished something. And because you are not where you used to be, you think that it is sufficient to get you to where you need to be. Hear me tonight, you can be a good man with great possessions and still lack the very thing you need the most. We have kept the commandments. We've obeyed. Lord... Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? We didn't just go pray for somebody that was demon possessed. We cast them out. We saw it. It happened. And in thy name done many wonderful works. We've done all of these things. But he said, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Because you can use the name and not bear his name. You can pray in the name of Jesus and something is going to happen. And so we pray and we use the name of Jesus. And because demons flee and because wondrous works are done, we feel like we're good. We feel like we've got a great possession because we have the name of Jesus. But you hear me, it's got to be more than something we say. It's got to become who we are. It's got to be a name that we bear. 
and we become His. It's not enough to have a good name and a great name that we can use, but we must bear that name and take it with us everywhere we go. Because if you don't have relationship with Him, then you can't say you have Him. You can't say you bear that name. How do you know that? Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If it's in you, then you walk in the Spirit. If it's in you, then it's not just a name you say. It's something that's inside of you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. There's a lot of people that think they're good and they're on that good list because they've prayed and they've prophesied and they've seen wondrous works done and they, they feel like they're good. But God is saying, oh no, you can do all of that and I still don't even know who you are. You can do all of that and still not even bear my name. You can do all of that and still live however you want to live. Maybe you consider yourself a good person. Maybe you consider yourself blessed because you have great possessions. You can have all of that going for you and still lack. You can feel like you have taken the world and that God has just given you everything and still lack. This rich young ruler comes in a moment and a wave of emotion so close to a complete life change. So close to breakthrough like he has never experienced before. So close to the greatest revival he has ever seen. So close to the greatest breakthrough that he's ever hoped for. He's right there. He's having conversation with the one that can make it happen. But because he was content with great, because he settled for great, he missed the greatest opportunity of his life. I pray tonight that you would not taste what you tasted today and be content with great and miss something that God wants to do for you. And he's saying that's only the surface. That's only the beginning. I've got something greater. And beyond that, I've got something that's the greatest. For this rich young ruler, Jesus said, you've been good. You're so close, young ruler. But one thing thou lack. I wonder tonight if you came into the house. I would love to think that if God said, Brother Landon, there's one thing that you lack to the greatest thing in your life. That I would just do it and it would be done and I would be happy as a lark. I wish it could be said of each and every one of us tonight that if God came and said, there's this one thing you're lacking, it seems easy enough to say one thing. It's not a laundry list. It's not a running scroll that runs out the door of all the to-dos and not to-dos. But it is one thing. And if you could do this one thing, then everything would change. 
And you say, well, I wish it was that simple. And I tell you tonight, it is that simple. Because while we're worried about the to-dos and not-to-dos, and we're worried about that running list that runs out the door, He is saying, I am one. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I'm telling you, if you'll go get rid of everything you think matters, if you'll go get rid of the good, if you'll get rid of the great, then you're going to experience the greatest thing that you can ever have. It's one thing, and it will grant you eternal life. One thing you lack. To get the thing you need, you're going to have to let go of what you have. You're going to have to let go of the experiences you've had. And you're going to have to let go of some hurt. And you're going to have to let go of some pain. And sell what you do have. I know some of you have possessions that are so great. I know what you have is wonderful. But if you want what I have, then I need you to set aside your idea of good. And your idea of great. And I need you to push that aside just for a moment. Because I am able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think. So you cling to your great with your imaginations of how good it can be. And God said you're not even there yet. Where you're ending is only where I'm beginning. And I want to do something great in your life. If you don't, you're going to miss the greatest thing you've ever dreamed of. And the Bible said he ran and sold it all and got rid of the great for the greatest. No, I wish that were true. I wish that when he realized that if he would get rid of the great, that if he would get rid of everything that he had currently, That God was about to give him everything he had ever dreamed of. That where he had gotten to that place time and time again. And he got to that line and thought, this is it. This is as good as it's going to get. This is great. This is wonderful. This feels good. And God is saying, oh no, if you would set that aside, young ruler, if you would go sell everything that you have that is great, then I'm telling you, you would experience my greatest. He was sad at the saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. If you find someone who has junk and you offer them a treasure, they will do it in a heartbeat. If you find somebody that is truly hungry and you offer them any type of food, they will eat it if they are truly hungry. Find someone at the bottom and offer them a way out. And they will do anything to escape the utter gross darkness that they find themselves in. 
Find somebody who's tired of being depressed, tired of being worn down, tired of being beaten and weary, and tell them that they can experience freedom like never before. Find a lost soul who would do anything to get out of the grave and the chains that have them captive and offer them a way out. And they will run to an altar and they will cry out to God and let God do a work in them Because they are desperate. Because they don't have good like you've got good. They don't have great like you've got great. And they're desperate for it. And they would do anything for it. But we as people of God who are so blessed. And are so anointed and called and favored by God. We come in and God asks us to do something. Because he has something better. He wants to trade us in return. And we say no I'm good thank you God I appreciate it God I know you want to do more for me but Lord it might require more than I'm ready to pay I I heard you say cross in there somewhere I heard you said sell everything I've got I heard you say to come and follow you I heard that there's a price to pay the hungry they come They're desperate. But the child of God that comes and I've done all these things since I was a youth. I've I've come to church faithfully. I've paid my tithes. I've, I've done this and I've done that. And they're sitting there having a conversation with God, checking off all the boxes and saying, I'm a Christian and, and I, I come to Greater Life Church and I do this and I do that. But God is offering somebody the opportunity tonight to say, I want you to trade what you love for the one thing that you lack. I want to take the great that you have and I want to give you my greatest. I want to take you from having great church to the greatest church you could ever imagine. It's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by my spirit. It's going to be because God is involved in the process and God gets his hand at work. If somebody would be willing to surrender right now and say, God, here it is, Lord. Here's what I've been holding on to. Here is my great possession. This was a good guy with great possessions. This is a guy who has kept all the commandments from his youth, who comes to Jesus wanting to know what it takes to be saved. He shows up every Sunday. He shows up on Wednesday night. He shows up to Saturday night prayer. He checked all the boxes, but he knew good and well that there was still something more than that. Otherwise, he would have never come to Jesus asking him what it would take. Then he comes and he wants to play silly and he wants to play dumb like he don't know what God's talking about. And he wants to ask all these questions because he knew deep down in his spirit. I've done everything that I know to do. I know that I've checked all the boxes. I know I didn't commit adultery. I know I didn't murder anybody. I know that I honored my father and mother. I did all of that, but I still want to know what does it take to have eternal life. 
I still know there's something more for me. Even though I've been a good church person. I've been a faithful saint of God. I still feel in my spirit that there is something more that I am lacking. And God said, oh, you're right. There is something you're lacking. But when he finds out what it's going to take, he thinks to himself, I want it. But I don't want it that badly. I want revival, but I don't want it at the cost of having to carry a cross. God, I want your greatest, but Lord, can I really let go, God, of what I have right now? God, I want something more. I want something greater. I want to experience what we felt today, every Sunday, every Wednesday. I want to feel that in my home. I want to feel that at my job. And God saying, you can. You can experience that. You can experience the greatest move of God every day if you would only give me what you have in your possession right now. Oh God, I don't know if I can do that. You gave me this, God. You gave me all of these blessings. You gave me this gift, oh God. I ask you tonight, how bad do you really want it tonight? How badly do you really want the revival that you have said that you want? How badly do you really want to save your loved ones and you want to see them back in the house of God? How badly are you ready for our Sunday school classes to feel what we felt in this place today? And they walk into a classroom and the teacher can't even teach because the moment the kids walk in, their hands are already lifted. The kids are already prophesying. They're already speaking in other tongues. How badly do you really want that tonight? Is it worth your good? Is it worth your great? Is there something lacking that you would give anything to have? Or do you too walk away sorrowfully because you know the cost? And Jesus was not angry. For the Bible says Jesus looked at him. And loved him. Could you imagine the look of grief on both the face of the man and Jesus? The grief that struck both of their faces as the young man knew he couldn't do it. And then Jesus' face shifts to grief as he realizes the young man wouldn't do it. Watching him deliberately choose not to accept this opportunity... To have the door of hope that was preached about today. And be granted eternal life. And to take the door and shut it in the face of a Savior. Who was trying to give him the greatest. Who was trying to offer him his very best. I wonder tonight what might have been of this man. To be so young with so much potential and so many opportunities before him. Great. It's great, but rich young ruler, you can't end at great. Here he has the opportunity of a lifetime, a moment to be forever changed. After all, this is what he showed up for in the first place, to have eternal life. 
But we come with a want and a desire. But are we willing to rid ourselves of what we love for what we lack? Are we ready to make the commitment of laying down my comfort so that I may obtain a cross? And that I may do what it is He's asked of me. That I would pay whatever price that it takes. Because there's something that I am lacking. Oh yeah, there's good in our life. Oh yeah, there's great in each and every one of us. And I'm so thankful for that. But in my spirit, there's a groaning. In my spirit, I'm concerned that many of us are walking away sorrowfully. We're walking away in grief. Because we have great possessions that we're unwilling to let go of. I want to show a picture of a young lady holding a teddy bear. Many of you have probably seen this before. There's this young lady who has this small teddy bear that she finds so great and so wonderful and she clings to it. And God is calling out to her to hand over the great Hand over that prize possession. Abraham, place it in my hand. I know it's your only son. I know it's the one that I promised you. I know it's the one I gave you. But I am telling you, if you will place it in my hands, I'm going to do more for you than you ever imagined. Widow woman, I know it's your last little bit. I know you don't have much and you're about to prepare it for you and your son that you could die. But if you would put it in my hand, if you would give me what you've got, then I promise you what I'm about to give you is going to be far greater than anything that you would ever lose. You're not going to lose anything with God. You're not going to trade God something and be ridiculed and shamed and mocked because he gave you something puny and small and insignificant. But just like the picture, God is sitting here tonight with Greater Life Church saying, if you would only give me that great possession that you're holding on to, if you would surrender it to me tonight, I'm about to pour out a blessing so great. I'm about to give you the greatest revival, the greatest breakthrough, the greatest anointing, the greatest greatest opportunity the greatest reward all you've got to do is surrender to me you're great I'm so close to change I'm so close to breakthrough but am I too a good man that has great possessions how do you discard something great Having something good may be easy to part with. If I have something that's good, I don't mind trading it for something that's great. But when you get a hold of something great, it's harder to let go of that than it was the good. And now we find ourselves in the middle and we don't see what's behind the curtain. 
We don't see what's lying beneath the dirt. We don't see the promise that's beyond the mountaintop that we are climbing. And so we, we hesitate because God, I would really hate to take a step of faith and be disappointed and then lose my great and be back to good or even worse, have nothing to show for it. God, if I let this go, who can say if I will have anything in my life? And so doubt creeps in. But don't miss this. He said, what must I do to inherit it? We're living in a world that wants everything without an effort. I want eternal life, but I don't want to have to let go of what I have. I want your greatest, but I want to hold on to my great. I want revival, but I want what I've got right now too because I'm comfortable. I don't have to pray long hours. I don't have to push the plate away as much. I don't have to do the things necessary, God, to have those things that I'm wanting. For him to be young, rich, and a ruler, this man most likely knew about inheritance. He knew it didn't require much on his part. All he had to do was be associated with somebody who had everything that he would need. It was something he was entitled to. They want to know, what is the least I can do to be saved? What is it I have to do to get it cheap? I want a deal. What must I do to make this quick and easy? What task can I do that I can check it off my list? And you can have it all. But I'm still lacking. I'm still lacking this one thing. Mark 10 and 22 in the message said, The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. How many things are we holding on to that we feel is so important and so vital to our life and so special to us and dear to us and so we cling to them And we're sorrowful and sad because we know that if we go here, we've got to depart from all of these things. Instead of seeing the reward that could be for us, we're counting the cost of what we may lose. It's really bad to be robbed by others. It's really bad when somebody comes and steals something that belongs to you. And there are people that blame God for things that were taken from their life. There are things that happen in life that leave you feeling robbed and left with nothing. But what a tragedy to know that you robbed yourself. What a tragedy to have the opportunity of a lifetime And to walk away closing that door in God's face and saying, I can't, I can't get rid of what I love. I know I'm lacking, that's why I'm here. But I just can't depart from this. I can't seem to get away from it. And so I walk away sorrowfully today.
to know I missed out on eternity because I was holding on tight to a lot of things that I thought mattered. To know I missed out on being His disciple. To being a child of God. To being anointed. To being one whose name was written in the Lamb's book of life. All because I was holding on to things that I thought were so great. E-S-T. Three letters that can change everything. It's used to form the superlative degree of adjectives and adverbs of one syllable. It's what takes louder and turns it to loudest. It's what takes bigger and turns it to biggest. It's what takes faster and makes it fastest. And what is what takes great and turns it to greater and turns it to greatest. Three letters can take you somewhere you've never dreamed of before. They can turn in from something great to the greatest thing you've ever experienced in your life. Just this close, just this much, and it changes the whole story. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. Till your good is better. And your better is best. Don't be satisfied. Don't be content in the middle. Don't be satisfied with where you are. A long time ago, maybe you left a good life where you made good money and you had good friends, but you saw something that was greater than that. And so you found yourself in a church and you found yourself being faithful to the house of God. And you said, oh, this is great. And this is wonderful. I love this. I'm so glad I got rid of the good. And now I'm experiencing this. Not to say that the friends that you left were not good people not to say that the good job that you left wasn't worth it but now you find yourself here and you're thinking oh this is great could it be any better than this I tell you tonight yes yes it can the great that you felt the great you've experienced God is saying don't rest until it's the best don't stop until it's it's the greatest. Don't stop until it's the hottest. Don't stop until it's the most and the greatest. Don't give in. Don't be satisfied because you feel good about where you are because you have great possessions. Revelations 3 and 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith, Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, 
because you have found yourself in the middle and you're content with where you are right now. You may be sitting in a pew. You may be coming to the house of God. But I didn't call you here that you might be content with good. I didn't call you here so that you can be content being lukewarm. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to stay right there where you're at. I don't want you to be content with what you have right now. He said, I would not that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. We know that. We quote that. We talk about it all the time. But watch the very next verse. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Because you have found yourself in a place where you're content with great. You have found yourself in a place of lukewarmness because you still feel goosebumps. Because you still pray and God answers. Because you still show up and you get a blessing from God. And that's great and wonderful for you maybe. But God is saying, child of God, I did not bring you here for such a time as this so that you can be content sitting on a pew, being content with great possessions. I want you to break barriers. I want you to cross the line. I want you to go deep. I want you to cross new territories. I want to see you in cities nobody thought would be reached. I want to see you in homes everyone thought was a lost cause. I want you to experience my greatest outpouring in this hour. Let's all stand. Because thou sayest I'm rich. I've got everything I need. I've got great possessions. I've got money in the bank. I've got a car. I've got a house that I live in. I've got a comfortable padded pew. I've been where I had a good pew that was wooden, but now I'm on a great pew that's comfortable, and I like it. God, I'm content right now. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for everything, but I don't need anything else. I'm perfectly content. Hear me, I'm not talking about you being pleased with what God has done in your life. I'm not talking about you being unthankful for the good things that God has done. I'm talking about God giving you an opportunity to step beyond where you've been. To step beyond the great moves of God that we have had and experience His greatest outpouring. To experience the greatest work he's yet to do yeah you've prayed for somebody and and God they felt a little better but God's about to do something in some of you where you're going to lay hands on somebody that's blind and their eyes are going to be opened maybe not even physically maybe spiritually they've been blind and you're going to pray for them and they're going to see that revelation's going to come and they're going to see it in the word of God God's about to do something in some of you. He's about to put you behind a pulpit that may not look like this one, but it may look like a desk with a computer screen and somebody's walking in your door saying, I I don't know why I'm here, but I felt led. I felt like you had something for me. And you'd be able to say, I do, because I left my grave.
fight for the greatest. I laid it aside for such a time as this. Because of what you do have, are we blind to what we do not have? We are a blessed people. We are so blessed. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you got to sell everything you've got and live like a pauper. I'm not talking about dollar signs tonight. I'm talking about in your spirit. I'm thankful for good church. I'm thankful for great services and great moves of God. But if I cling to my good, I forfeit great. And if I refuse to surrender my great for the greatest, then I've missed it tremendously. God is extending His best. And if we say you're never going to outgive God, how many of you believe that? You're never going to outgive God. And if we believe that, then if we give God our great, then the only thing I can expect in return is greater. And if I would take the greater that I feel like He has given me and say, God, I just want to give it back to you again, then I've got to know that when I surrender my greater, that He's going to give me back His greatest. God, don't let great possessions hinder me. Don't let great keep us at bay. Don't let great deceive me and think this is as good as it's ever going to be. Don't let great give us the illusion we have everything we need. Great can be an enemy if we're not careful. It can keep us from eternal life. And it may be good enough for somebody here tonight, but I want to be a good man. And I want to be a good man, a greater life, who is going to inherit His greatest promise. But the only way that can happen is if I give what I have now and surrender it to Him, knowing what I'm getting back in return will be far greater. Don't let what you have now keep you from what you need. God, tonight, all over this house, God, I feel you calling and beckoning us, God, to a deeper place. God, a place we have never known before. God, and we step out, God, in territory that's unfamiliar, Lord. Lord, and I hold on to great things tonight. But Lord, I want to see your greatest. I want to see your greatest. God, I want to see eternal life, God. Right now, is there anybody in the house that wants to come and say, God, I'll give you whatever I've got, God. I don't want just a taste, God. I want to press through. God, I must. I must, oh God. Don't let me grow lukewarm. Don't let me be content. God, I know there's somewhere deeper because I've been somewhere deeper before. God, there was a moment, God, that I had a prayer life that I don't have now. 
God, I'm clinging to a lot of things that don't matter. I will give you that I can't take with me. God, it's not changing anything, Lord. But God, tonight I surrender what I do have for what I can't have. God, I surrender, Lord, what I love for what I lack. Oh, God, don't let me miss it because of one thing. I'll carry that cross. I'll sell everything, God. I'll give it all to you tonight. I will give you God, do I really want it bad enough that I'll trade it all away? God, I'll trade what I love for what I lack. God, I'll lay it down at an altar. I'll give it tonight, Jesus. Oh, what I have for what I need tonight, God. Don't let me miss your greatest anointing, your greatest giftings. God, the greatest revival. God, don't let me miss that greatest outpouring. Oh, God, don't let our church miss that greatest revival because we are content with great. Oh, God, there's a divine discontent. There's a holy hunger here tonight. Oh, Lord, we're so blessed. But God, we know there's more. We've tasted it, God. We've seen it. Now, Lord, let us obtain it no matter the cost.